book of Romans. Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter 6. I really like the book, the, the chapters Romans 6 and 7 and 8. They're so uh, rich and there's so much that is there. Um, and uh, we're going to try to see if we can plug through the chapter here together uh, with the Lord's help tonight. Um, but uh, let's look at Romans chapter 6. Let's pray together just before we dig in here and, and we'll ask God's blessing tonight in the service. Lord, we thank you uh, that we can gather together tonight and we pray yet again that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word. Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of thought and of speech. You know uh, that um, uh, there, the, the distractions in my own flesh can uh, take away from what you would have for us. And so, Lord, may I say only what you would have for me to say. Lord, may your word become clear and relevant to our hearts and our minds of what exactly you would have for us. And, Lord, may you touch the hearts of, uh, of the believer tonight, uh, as well as maybe the unbeliever, uh, one who does not know you. And, Lord, we ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter uh, 1 through 5 speaks much on the matter of sin. Chapter 5, he particularly begins to roll out uh, that of the Christian life. Really, chapter 4 does also. But chapter 5 speaks of the justified life and the justification that we have in Christ Jesus. In uh, chapter 6, the Word of God brings us now to the Christian life and that which has passed, that, which, uh, that old man which uh, we were before we became a Christian, to now that new life which we have in Christ. And, um, you know, I know I'm, I'm speaking to many Christians tonight, but I wonder if maybe tonight uh, that uh, there would be someone uh, who has not settled in their heart a saving knowledge of Christ. Romans chapter 6 really helps to lay out an understanding of these things. And so let's look together at this uh, chapter. The Word of God says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? course he's just got over talking about that justified life and so just because we have the grace of God in our life doesn't give us the excuse to continue to live in sin uh, just because we have that get out of hell free card so to speak uh, doesn't give any believer the excuse to live in sin verse 2 God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein the life which we live should not be characterized by uh, the past life by a life of sin, but instead of Christ. And we'll see that. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. I made a note next to this verse speaking of a spiritual baptism. Uh, because Scripture not just only speaks of a physical baptism, uh, which is required of the Christian in a picture of Christ, but that salvation itself, the moment of putting our faith and trust in God, is literally a spiritual baptism. As baptism is a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, so the day that the individual puts their faith and trust in Christ, there is death of the old man and a new life in Christ. And uh, this is what's being spoken of here. Baptized unto Jesus Christ, we're baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto his death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in likeness of his death, we shall, also, uh, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The Bible tells us that, uh, that which characterizes the believer is the individual who chooses to live according to the new man and not the old. It's the individual who chooses to, as verse number four says, walk in newness of life. And that's what all of chapter six uh, really speaks of, is the Christian believer walking in newness of life. 
That's the question which I want to ask you tonight. Are you walking in newness of life? Are you with me tonight? If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right. I know there's distractions here and there, but are you walking in newness of life? It, 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 are you characterized tonight, and uh, uh, not just tonight, but are you characterized today in your life for Christ as one who is living, uh, in the, living the resurrected life, could we say? Or are you living the very same way when you didn't know Christ as today when you do know him? The Bible tells us we have no excuse to be living in sin. Uh, we, we have been justified in the eyes of God, and we are baptized together with Christ, we are buried together with him. The old man has been crucified. If we truly have given our life to God, we've put to death the old man. But I say to you, though we put to death the old man, as we talked about this morning, uh, we can be tempted by Satan to go back to that old life and live that old life. Uh, but as a believer, that old man has been crucified. We have every reason not to be living that life. Uh, John chapter number three talks about Nicodemus being born again. And that new life which he has in Christ uh, as, a, uh, as a spiritual birth that has taken place. And so, in the very same way as believers, we have been given a new life in Christ, but we should be walking in that newness. Uh, the newness of, uh, of salvation um, is, is not one that, is, that is, would so, I would say, easily define a long-time Christian currently actively walking in newness of life. Uh, what we're talking about is uh, just, just the same as we are to live that new man and not the old man, but are we actively walking? Is there actively a change, a progression, a fruit bearing in our life? This is that walking in newness of life. God, the Christian life is a, is a life of, of continual beginnings different stages god is continuing to to do something new here and new there and new here and in our life and we're progressing uh we're, we're not just floating or coasting okay but we're walking that new life walking the life of the new man amen and uh, seeking to bear fruit in verse number five uh the word of god says in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection uh, what a wonderful thing it is to be able to characterize together with Christ. Amen? And uh, in, in the likeness of both his death, burial, and resurrection. So the Word of God tells us that uh, we are to walk in that newness of life. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight uh, is about that very matter of walking in newness. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, For he that is dead is freed from sin. If you haven't marked this in your Bible, I'd mark it. We're freed from sin. Aren't you thankful that we're free from sin? Amen? When God looks at the believer, we are justified in his eyes, just as though we have never committed any sin at all. So Paul's saying the very same thing. Uh, he that is dead, he that has put the old man to death, you are free from sin, okay? You should not be living the life of sin. Uh, you've been freed from it. God has saved you from it. Verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Uh, Christ did not stay dead. Amen. He lives in us today. He's made that way of salvation possible. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. The death of Christ was all that was necessary. It was everything that was necessary. Uh, there was not further that was needed uh, for the salvation of mankind, but the death of one man, that one man being the God-man, Jesus Christ himself. 
And, um, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11, likewise reckon, the word reckon means to give. Give ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, we are to be alive in Christ. I know I've shared this before, but uh, the, the definition of that of being in a rut is a coffin with both ends knocked out of it. Uh, we're just un, we're not moving. There is no life within it. Walking in newness of life, being alive unto God, there is evidence of life. We talked about this morning that bearing fruit, it's not just that we are as a tree planted in the vineyard, but that we are a tree that is producing fruit. Because what purpose is there in a plant that is not producing fruit, that is not producing the blossoms, that is not having a purpose within it? And so with Christian, the very same uh, goes for the Christian life that we live today. There must be a, a purpose that we are living alive in God. There is evidence of life. In verse number 12, now we see, uh, that definition of how we walk in newness of life, the Bible tells us in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members. We're getting ready to see him roll out here three different areas of yielding. In verse 13, he says, yield ye your members. In verse 16, he says, yield yourselves servants. And in verse 19, he tells us at the end of the verse, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Uh, I know I've, uh, we found ourselves in these passages together before, but consider with me tonight, verse 13, 16, and, and 19. The Bible is literally speaking of our body, soul, and spirit, which are to be yielded unto God. As God is three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, so we are three in one, body, soul, and spirit. And God says our every being is to be yielded unto God if we are, to be, if we are truly walking in newness of life. So this yielding of our body in verse uh, 12, the word of God says that ye should, um, let not yourselves therefore reign your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't let your body be used for unrighteous living. Don't be living unrighteously before God. The opposite of that. Live righteously. Live a life that is pleasing to Christ um, as instruments as tools in the hands of God. You know, living uh, righteously is, is not just about what we can do in our own, but what we allow God to do through us. And uh, sometimes we can, we can get that switched around as though uh, we have something, to give to, uh, something great to give to God. No, it's simply a matter of yielding, letting ourselves be usable in the hands of God. Walking in newness of life is a yielding of our body. 1 Corinthians 7, uh, we read about how that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is, that, it is that place in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Our bodies belong to God, the Word of God says. And so we are to yield our bodies in such a way. Um, the, the matter that's being identified here is that uh, we are not allowing sin into our life. Uh, why? Because our body is to be placed under the control of God. The Bible says, yield yourselves unto God. God, um, unto the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was just talking with someone about, uh, and they, they, they were, uh, essentially what they were talking about is the Holy Spirit's filling in their life, but they, uh, they couldn't put it in those same words, and they were talking about uh, the, what difference, of, what a different life <laughs> that they live when they're 
yielded to the Holy Spirit's leading within their life. And, and let me tell you, when, when you yield your body to God's control, his desires become your desires. Uh, your desires become his desires. Every desire that you have becomes with an intent to bring glory to God. But every, everything that you do with your body to put into action is through the Holy Spirit's power. And so yielding into God's control, but not just his control, his example. His example is, has already been laid out to us. But verse 13, uh, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield your members unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Uh, the, the Christian's body should uh, be compared to God every day. Uh, we're asking ourselves if the things that we choose to do with our body are things that God himself would do. The Bible says, as those that are alive from the dead, as God himself has laid out for us the example. Notice also the will of God, God's control, God's example, but God's will in verse 13. Uh, as your members uh, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Again, it's, it's with the intent that the will of God, that the purpose of God would be accomplished through our life. Um, this is, should be a daily thing, the yielding of our body. Every day that we begin, it's saying, God, my body is yours. My hands are yours. My feet are yours. My mind is yours. My heart is yours. Everything that I go to put into action today, I'm yielding my body as an instrument to be used in your hands. Uh, yesterday, we had our men's breakfast together, and uh, Brother Jason uh, let his, his hands be instruments <laughs> to put together the work of, of uh, preparing that breakfast. And boy, we had a meal. Didn't we have a meal, Brother Tureen? We had food on top of food and then more food to go. And uh, I, was, I was fed up, as they say. And, uh, but those, the, all the, the things, the utensils which he used were used as instruments to, in the end, create something that which is good. And so God desires the same of the Christian. This is not rocket science. But, 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 but the, the reality of it is is that uh, the yielding is not... Uh, if, if not done, cannot, be, cannot produce in the Christian a newness of life, one which, in which we are actively walking. And so yielding your body, uh, not just our, our body itself, but yielding to the very attitude of servanthood. In verse number 14, the word of God says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Where we saw in, uh, in verse 9, Christ's death did not have dominion over him. So the Bible speaks in comparison to the believer. Verse 14, sin does not have dominion over us as a result of what Christ has done for us. Sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Of course, remember those to whom he is speaking to in, in the church at Rome, some uh, had so held to the law as being gospel, and that if you didn't hold to the law, uh, then are you truly even a believer in Christ? Are you truly even alive in Christ? Was how they would define it. But Paul brings it this way, uh, that we sin has no more dominion over us. It's not that law. It's not the law only that should define us. Um, but what are we to do? Look at verse 16. Know ye not uh, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Uh, we're to yield as obedient servants, the Word of God tells us. In verse number 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. 
God, God deserves, by the way, uh, thanks as a result of what he's done for us on the cross. Amen? Uh, boy, how little we can just, just simply say the words to God himself. God, thank you for what you have done. And, and by the way, be careful not to just say thank you and, and loosely. Truly, with thanksgiving being brought to God, God, thank you for all that you've done for me. You've died on the cross for me. You've, you've made a way of salvation possible. It's only by your mercy and grace that I'm here today. Hey, be specific. What, what are you thankful for? And uh, don't, ever, don't, don't ever stop being a, a, a servant of thankfulness. What is a servant who's willing to do whatever the master would call him to do, lead him to do? So we're obedient servants, we're thankful servants, but the Bible speaks of the attitude of the servant, one that is wholehearted, in verse 17. But God be thanked that ye are the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Be made free from sin, ye became the servants of unrighteousness. The Bible says ye have obeyed from the heart. And that is the individual who is walking in newness of life. They, are, uh, they have yielded their body, but they have also yielded a servanthood. And it, and it all is directly connected to the heart. It's a wholehearted attitude. Uh, we've talked about in this past year, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's a wholeheartedness we're speaking of with every part of our being. Uh, every part of our being is, is an act of obedience to God and servanthood to God that God would be pleased, that God would be glorified. Yielding to servanthood. Um, the question that, that we should ask ourselves is, are, are we a servant to God? Are we willing to do whatever God would lead us to do? Whatever God would put our hand to do? Uh, God can use um, uh, people in our life to help us to identify the areas of obedience or even the will of God uh, in his direction for our life. Uh, and God can use circumstances and instances uh, to remind us that we are nothing more than servants and to be servants of God. Um, do we, are, and are we living, when we talk about the walking newness of life, are we living with the attitude of a servant? Here am I, Lord, send me. <laughs> whatever you would desire of me to do, whatever you would put my hand to do, whatever you would call me to do, uh, I will do it, and I will not just do it half-heartedly, I will do it wholeheartedly with all of my heart, with every part of my being. The Bible tells us we are to yield our bodies, we are to yield to an attitude of servanthood, but we are to yield uh, to holiness. In verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to, righteous, uh, to righteousness unto holiness. God says it's not just about uh, living in obedience, that is living righteously, but living and seeking to be holy as God is holy. Living a holy life. That's God's intent for uh, us as believers. Holiness understand tonight is, um, is that which is free from sin. There is no sin which, which has any part of our life. Verse 20. No active sin, should I say. Verse 20. For when Ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God. There was no fruit being produced in the old man, in the old life, in the life of sin. 
But now the Christian, if he is to produce fruit, he is to be of a servant to God. But being made free from sin, he is to seek to live that holy life. Verse 22, now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. In the end, everlasting life. Uh, Paul's talking much about the, the, what we've talked about the past several uh, Sunday mornings together, that life of bearing fruit. That holiness, being holy as God is holy. We're seeking to honor God, glorify God with our lives, diligently seeking Him by faith. Um, are, we, are we known by our fruit? Are we producing fruit? Uh, holiness is fruitful. There's, there's continual change. There's continual, um, uh, um, uh, a continual supply of fruit. We're never going dry, so to speak. Um, you know, what do we expect of a, of a tree? Well, at a certain point, it may, it, it'll come to its end of really producing uh, everything that it should, but not for, not for its, uh, uh, but for a long lifespan in which that tree would have. And so in the, the same for the Christian life. We are expected to bring forth fruit and to continue to bring forth fruit. And that our fruit would be abundant, the Word of God says. And that our fruit would, uh, would abound and that it's uh, of great supply. This is God's expectation of the Christian. Holiness is filled with life from God in verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit into holiness and, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, that life, that eternal life of Christ uh, being saved from sin should be the motivator each day for living a holy life. Uh, I know what God has saved me from. I know that what that which I deserve, and now I'm choosing to live a holy life for God and, 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 and uh, in remembrance of, of the day in which God saved me, that's motivating me to live for God even more. What I deserve, the payment of sin, the payment of my sin, the payment of your sin, the payment of, of every individual on this earth is death. But God has made that way of salvation possible. That's why he says at the end of verse 22, and the end, everlasting life, we are to live. We are to live knowing that we have been given everlasting life and that everlasting life is making the change we're living that life uh that is a life that new life in christ that newness of life we're not living the life of the old man the uh, our salvation is that which should define us it should characterize us it, it should uh produce and be the result uh every action should be the result of our salvation and so god tells us walking and newness of life. Are you walking in newness of life? We're not just talking tonight alone. Are you a believer in Christ? But are you alive in Him? The Bible tells us, uh, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Sin should have no existence. We're not allowing sin to be present. How do we do so? It's a continual yielding. Um, John chapter 15 talks about that uh, abiding life in Christ, the spirit-filled life. How does one do so? It's a yielding process. God, I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping all of my life, but I'm yielding it before you. I'm letting you have control. God, you have my body. You have my soul. You have my spirit. Every part of who I am. I'm a servant before you. I'm choosing to live holy. I'm choosing to let my body be used for your glory. 
as an instrument of righteousness and not unrighteousness. It's interesting, and, and I think we'll look at it together in the, in the weeks to come. Uh, in chapter 6, the Bible talks about walking in newness of life. And in um, chapter 7, the Bible talks about serving in newness of life. And he, as he progresses, Paul progresses in the book of Romans, he talks about that, uh, that servanthood, but those further characteristics of the Christian believer who is serving God in the different roles and the different um, uh, uh, gifts that God gives to believers. And so, uh, Christian, are you walking in that newness of life? Are you continually producing that fruit? Are you having the attitude of, the, of a servant? And um, uh, are you living holy? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, uh, your word is...